0: Okay, now I just, uh, you know, as we've gone through this series, you know, we've been um, asking you to do a whole bunch of different things. uh, You know, in the, the, I don't know, I think we've been going about four months on this series, something like that. And we've been talking about uh, living at peace with one another, encouraging one another, um, being patient with one another, be kind. So we've been doing these sort of, it's the one another's, you know, that's what we've been doing. And uh, it's great to hear all this sort of stuff, but you know, we need to actually be doing these things—not just hearing them—we need to be doers of the word. That uh, you know, we can uh, we can hear a lot of stuff, but we've actually got to be putting it into practice. So, I'm actually going to put you out of your comfort zone right now, and I want you to turn to someone near you, and I want you to encourage someone near you, someone that you're sitting with, someone that's beside you. If you're on your own, then may I suggest, don't shake your head at me, Graeme. You do as you're told, all right? Okay. And you will move and you will sit with someone. (laughs) (laughs) And I want you to just encourage. Now, the word encourage from the Collins Dictionary says to inspire, you know, give them courage and confidence to do something, to stimulate or to approve or help or support. So what I want you to do is, is Turn to someone that's near you and actually just give them an encouraging word. Look at them and think of something that will inspire them and motivate them and stop laughing you two. I have no idea what's being said there, but you two are dangerous together. So can you do that? I know it's a bit out of your comfort zone, but, uh, you know, turn around, find someone near you and actually say something that might encourage. Even if you don't know them, I'm sure you can find something encouraging. Come on, Graham, you gotta find somewhere to go. Hey? Not saying... Well, who's who's unable to encourage? Stuart. (laughs) Maybe you could encourage him to be more encouraging. Fantastic. Wonderful. You know, if you actually... uh, well, I did a Google search last, last night on, on encouragement, and it's amazing uh, that the majority of the, of the websites that I found that talked about encouragement were Christian websites. So uh, it's obviously something, you know, it's actually a really important thing to do. Every single one of us needs to be encouraged you know, every single one of us needs that, you know, those words to come into our lives to encourage us. And, you know, that's what we've been trying to do is to motivate all of us to become a people that are, that are able to do that. So was that really hard to do? Thank you, Graham, for that uh, statement. It was, what, it, it, for Graham? it was really hard to do. What about anybody? Was it really hard to do? Or was it just, oh, it's not just something I naturally do, but I could do it. Who was in that category? I don't naturally do it, but, yeah, I could do it. Who was this really hard? Graham. No, oh, no, no, and Stu. So I told Nathaniel to give him an encouraging word to be more encouraging. So there you go. What, anybody else? And for who was it just like, that was easy? You know, like, yeah. For a few people it was really easy? Yeah. And there are a few people that really don't know what it was. Maybe you didn't do it. You, maybe you were just chatting, and you just looked like you were doing that. Okay. What I... Um, what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, if you've known me for very long, you know that I'm I'm just a really practical person. I'm I'm not into the really deep, you know, deep theological, you know, statements. I'm just a very practical person. And what I want to do is just put a few tools in your hand about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I spoke, I don't know, about a month ago about hearing the voice of God, um, and I kind of want want to add to that before Lynn comes in next week as well, just to, to give you a few pointers about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, when in the book of Acts, before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said this, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So Jesus, before he ascended, said to his group of disciples that were gathered, he said, you will receive power. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to receive power. And that power is going to enable you to be witnesses. Now, I've never witnessed in Jerusalem. Maybe uh, Lauren has. She's just been there. I've not been to Judea or Samaria, but you know we're all in this because it says, "End to the end of the earth." And I think Australia is classified as the end of the earth. You know, we're we're quite a long way away from there. And you know what? This is a promise that Jesus gave that we're going to be filled with power to be able to live the Christian life, to be able to get out there and be the disciple of Jesus Christ. The one that we're called to be is to be the disciple, and we can't do that on our own, and we need power to do that. And that power comes from the Holy Spirit. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul breaks it down a little bit more. 1 Corinthians, particularly chapters 12, 13, 14, talks a lot about these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it kind of breaks down this thing that Jesus calls the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You kind of go, well, what is that? What does it look like? How does it work? What is this thing? And Paul kind of breaks it down a little bit for us in in the book of 1 Corinthians in particular. You know, when when my children were in, uh, you know, kindergarten or what's it called here preschool or whatever you know one to grade one and two and they were learning to read and write can anyone remember back in those days? You know, and can you remember the the um, the pages? You know, and you had those big, you know, solid line at the top and a solid line at the bottom, and you had the little dotted line in the middle, and you had to make your letters. You know, men reach all the lines, and you had to learn how to, you know, follow the dotted lines of the letters, and you had to go around and follow them and keep it all within the lines. Does anyone remember learning how to write? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can remember. You know, te- you know, with the kids, you know, looking at those those, and all the school teachers go, yeah, we can remember. We, you know, and you know, you can. The kids go through this process with. They learn how to follow and make a letter. And then, you know, as we're teaching them to read, we we teach them that those letters have a sound. You know what I mean? And uh, being the English language, every time you see that letter, it probably makes a different sound, but that's all right, you know. We need to confuse our children at a young age. And so for these kids to learn and get the ability to read and write, we take them on a journey, on a process, and we break it down into simple steps, and we teach them how to write a letter, and we teach what sound that letter makes. Now, when you read, I would say that 99.9% of us do still not read going, ah, do we? What do we read? We read words. We kind of learnt the basics and suddenly we put them together and make a word. When my kids were reading, learning to read, I'd, we'd sound out every letter in the word. But now, they read the word book. They don't go, book. B, you know, they go, book. I can see it. I know it's book and bang, I know what it is. I feel like 1 Corinthians, particularly chapter 12, Paul breaks down this power of the Holy Spirit. And he breaks it down. He says, there's kind of these nine gifts that you'll see the Holy Spirit using. And there's the gift of prophecy and the gifts of, of wisdom and interpretation of tongues and, and the gift of wisdom and, you know, laying on of hands and miracles. And to me, it's a bit like, you know, learning the letters of the alphabet and joining them together. But what it's about, it's not about a gift of prophecy. It's not about you know, a word of wisdom. What it's about is hearing God speak and sharing that with someone. It doesn't matter what it's tagged as. It doesn't matter. That is not the important part. The important part is hearing God communicate with you and then letting that go or speaking that into someone's life or praying for someone or sharing what you're feeling God is saying. Does that make sense, that sort of basic sort of principle? You know, I'm just trying to say, you know, I think sometimes when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we can get too technical, you know what I mean? And we get caught up, but it's not about technicality. It's about a person. And that person's called the Holy Spirit. And it's about a relationship. Just like reading for all of us is no longer sounding out every letter of the word. Do you know what I mean? We've progressed on. I think Paul's giving us some building blocks in 1 Corinthians. But for me, it's about that relationship. It's about that connection with the Holy Spirit and responding to that. And so I just want to take you on a bit of a journey. Not this kind of getting caught up into the detail, but just a bit of the journey about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Does that kind of make sense? Am I sort of making sense to you. Fantastic. 1 Corinthians 12 chapter 1 says, this is how Paul starts this whole chapter. He says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. And that is probably, you know, for me, one of my passions is, you know, I don't want people to be ignorant about this. This is a gift that is actually given for all believers. It's not for a select few. It's not for, you know, the chosen special ones. It's for everyone. And God does not want us to be ignorant about that because he wants us to, to use the power that the Holy Spirit has given to us. You know, in the Old Testament, it was the one or two. You know, it was the chosen prophets. You see their name. You know, they're, they're, they, were, they were chosen and God spoke to them very clearly, very specifically. In the new covenant, we live under a new and better way. It's a better covenant. And we are all able to come before the throne of grace. We are all able to hear God speak. We are all chosen. It's no longer the select few. So what are the spiritual gifts? You find them in 1 Corinthians 12 Verses 7 to 11. I'm going to read them out for you just so that we kind of get on the same page. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. I'll read that again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. For the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. There is nobody excluded. No one is excluded. It's to each one. It's given to each And I actually just want you to take a moment right now because this is the biggest stumbling block in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is this very issue. Either the Word of God is truth or it's not. Either this is reality or it's not. Either it's a lie or it's not. And right now, I want you to actually choose because you have to start. You have to start on the journey. So either God is communicating to His body that the Holy Spirit is given to each one or it's not. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment and I actually want you to answer that question. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit has been given to you? So close your eyes and I want you to answer the question with integrity. Do you believe the Holy Spirit has been given to you? And that you can move in the power of the Holy Spirit. I won't ask you to tell me what your answer was. Fantastic, you can open your eyes. And maybe for some of you there's still a question mark and that's actually okay, but you need to realise that's a question that needs to be answered at some point in your journey. Okay? It's okay to have a question. It's okay not to get to that point of being able to say definitively but what you need to understand is at some point the question does need to be answered to be able to go on the journey. So, you know, I've heard a lot about the, the gifts and, and, and a lot about the details of, of, you know, this is this, you know, this is a word of knowledge and this is a, you know, prophecy and when uh, when Steve and I met, we were at Ministry College together up in Newcastle, and we were in a, a small group meeting. Well, it wasn't that small because they had to knock out a wall to fit us all in. I think it had grown from about 5 to 25 or 30, we were squeezing in this little lounge room. And uh, one of the ladies, um, who's now my sister-in-law, Malise came in and she said, oh, a friend of mine's just had a motorbike accident, and he's in intensive care. He's been there for two weeks or something like that, and they're going to turn off his light support system tomorrow uh basically you know there's really no hope for him they've had to draw a line in the sand and say tomorrow we turn the machine off and so you know you know she says can we all pray and so we start praying and uh this uh this guy that I, that i knew gavin nudged me and said we should go up to the hospital and pray for him and i went oh yeah i think we should i think you're right we should go up to the hospital and lay hands and pray for him and believe God for healing. And so we kind of, I don't know what we did, we just uh, just took off, Gavin and I took off up to the hospital. Now, I come from a nursing background and I know you don't get into intensive care unless you are a family member. Does anyone else in the medical profession agree with me? There is no way... If you are not a family member, you can enter into intensive care. So we go up to intensive care. Now, I'm not not—I'm uh, not an extrovert. I'm not naturally someone who pushes my way in anywhere. That's not who I am. And I said to Gavin, I said, you know what? If we can get to his bedside and lay hands on him, he will be healed because the miracle is actually getting into his bedside. That I knew. And so we got up there and none of his family were there because I thought if you could find his family, then you could ask permission and tell them that you're some religious leader. Lunatics, and you know they might, you know, just let you in. And uh, anyway, so we get up there, and there's no one there in the waiting room. And uh, Gavin and I look at each other, and oh, this isn't looking good. You know, the old, you know, one starting to doubt. You know, maybe we're just a pair of nutters. Anyway. Um, someone came out and spoke to us and said what are you doing here and we said well look there's a young man in there that we know his life support's getting turned off tomorrow we don't know he's a friend of ours and we wouldn't we'd actually just like to go in and pray for him now I don't know how but we ended up beside his bed and Gavin and I are standing there and we're going we're here There's nobody else in the room and we just went, right, quick, let's do it, you know, before anybody comes in and finds us out. So anyway, we laid hands on him and we began to pray and ask God for healing. And as we were praying, a tear trickled down the side of his face and I went, oh my goodness me, that's incredible. So this guy's completely comatose, he's got no brain activity and this tear as we're praying trickles down the side of his face. And you know, we we said thank you to the medical staff and we left. Went back to the meeting and we told them what had happened, didn't know anything else. We spoke to Melise. I don't know, maybe it was uh, two or three days later to find out what had happened to this young man. And uh, she goes, um, they turned the life support off and he survived. He started breathing on his own, so Gavin and I decided that we'd be really bold and we'd head back up to the to the intensive care unit, you know. And we went back up there, and uh, and we met the family, and, and we we came up and we said, "Oh, we heard your son," and, dad. and they went, "Oh, it's you! You're the God Squad! You're the guys that came and prayed for him!" And we went, "Oh, we were famous, you know, amongst this family because obviously somebody had told them that we'd been there." Now. When Gavin and I did that and we took off on that journey, we didn't think we had a word of knowledge. We didn't think that we were going to go and move in a gift of faith. We didn't think that we were going to go and see a miracle take place because to me the miracle was getting into intensive care. We didn't think, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to move in the gift of healing. What we had was a word from God. We should go up to the hospital and lay hands and pray for healing. And we just obeyed the voice We didn't dissect it up. We didn't, you know what I mean? If I had rationalized, I would never have gone because, you know, I'm not that sort of, you know, I tend to be more shy and timid than I am at, at, at stepping out and those kind of things. But, you know, Gavin heard God speak and he said, "Will you come with me. And I went, yep, I'll come with you. All we did was heard something and we stepped out in obedience. And that's what moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is all about. It's taken a risk in some ways. I think probably for me, moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is more about confidence and risk-taking than it's about anything else. You know, it, you don't need to know what it is or how it works or, you know what I mean? It's just the relationship and hearing and responding. Okay, so can I just give you a, uh, a few basic steps? You know, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, Follow the way of love... And eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. It says eagerly desire spiritual gifts. You know, the very first place that you need to start on the journey of moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to actually seek them. It's amazing. Paul used that scripture today. You know, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock. Is that the one you used? Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. It's actually the basic principle of Christianity. Actually seek it out. It's actually okay to desire spiritual gifts. When, um, after Steve and I had been at ministry college, I then went on outreach for three or four months around Australia. And uh, when, I, when I came to Melbourne, and my prayer for... Um, for about two months, nearly every day, um, my prayer was, God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. God, I want to be a person of wisdom. I don't know why. I just kept praying that, that prayer. And when we came to Melbourne and we were staying at the YWAM base, this guy, uh, you know, prayed for all of us. And he said to me, he says, um, I believe God says, you know, that you are gonna, you're going to have wisdom on your life. And I just went, isn't that amazing? What I've been asking for, what I've been seeking for this guy then comes and affirms that that's what I'm going to have. And if you actually look over my, my life and the way that I move, the predominant gift that I would move in is the gift of wisdom. Would you agree with that? Yeah. That's why I married you, okay. See, <laughs> so, no, no, it's like, oh, but you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, I don't know. Suddenly, it kind of challenged me a bit. Was that because I kept seeking it? Was that what I was always going to be able to do? I don't know. But, you know, there's a principle, seek it out. It's okay to seek the spiritual gifts. You know, it says that the Holy Spirit will distribute to each one. Distribute to each one. And I think it's about confidence. And, you know, that thing of we can come boldly before the throne of grace. We can enter into the presence of God. We can ask God to speak to us. We're actually allowed to do that. It's the most profound I don't know, I find the privilege of that is just incredible for me. You know, I couldn't just walk up in, you know, in front of the Queen of England. I couldn't just boldly go up before a throne. I couldn't do that. But we can come before the, the, you know, the maker of the universe, the king of the We can boldly enter before his throne. It's about confidence. The second thing we've got to do is after we seek, is actually just listen. Open up your heart to listen. Sometimes... We don't actually take a moment to listen, to say, God, do you want to say something? Do you want to say something to me? Do you want to say something to my friends or my family? Is there something you want me to say to them? We've actually got to listen. Something that happens to me occasionally is that uh, I might be, you know, particularly probably at church, but it has happened outside of church, is that I'll just see someone in a crowd that just stands out. I can't tell you why. But as I scan the room, there's one person. It's just as if they're just more noticeable than anybody else in the room, and I've learnt to actually just go to them and start chatting. And often I'll say in the, in the conversation, "Can I just pray for you?" Particularly if I'm in church. Obviously, that's a little easier than if you're out in the middle of a shopping centre. It's a bit strange, um, you know. And I will. And I don't usually go to them because I have something from God. But I just take hold of the little nudging, the little prompting, the, you know that little bit of sense of drawing, and I think you know nine out of ten times there's usually something that comes out in the conversation, in the prayer that, I, that God actually gives me something to give to them. you know so it, can, it may not necessarily be you know you're hearing or seeing a picture or whatever, it can just be a drawing. you know it can just be that someone's standing out to you and uh, you know seek God, ask God do you have something for this person? Is there something you want me to say? Something that you want me to do? The third thing that we have to do is we actually have to obey. You know, that's the tough one, isn't it? You know, Uh, know, I can seek and I can can hear, but it's when you're standing there and you've got something, you've actually got to put feet to that and put it into action. Just like Gavin and I actually going to the hospital bed, we had to put it into action. And that's always, I suppose, the the hard part, I think, of the journey, because we all go through the, what if I'm wrong? And what if they think I'm an idiot? Or what if this doesn't make sense? Or, you know, who's, who's ever done the what ifs? You know, we all go through, we all go through the what ifs in that journey, you know, of moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we have to learn to obey We had a... um, I haven't actually asked Steve's permission to share this story, so forgive me, babe. Um, But about 15 years ago, um, I have absolutely no idea... We were pastoring a church in Newcastle. I have absolutely no idea what took place. You may remember. But Steve came in and he sat down beside me on the lounge. We probably had two small kids or three at the time. He said, that is it. I've had enough. I am resigning. I am... I've had enough of ministry. And don't you dare talk me out of it. You've talked me out of it too many times and that is it. You remember the, the story. Um... And is that okay? Sorry, babe. And, you know, that is it. Don't you dare say to me, and don't you dare try and solve the problem. It's not going to happen. I've made up my mind. Right. We are going to. We're going to move to Mount Gambia, which is where Steve's mum and dad were living. I'm going to sell the house, and that is it. I'm never doing ministry again. Now, I went, you know, there are times when you argue back, ladies, and there's times when you don't. That was one of those, I am not arguing back right now. He was determined. And I sat there, and uh, I just went, okay. That's fine if that's what you want to do. I just went with the flow. thought there's no point arguing. But inside, you know, it's a bit like the duck. looks very elegant on top of the water. But underneath, inside, the legs are paddling and go, oh, my God, you know. I don't, this isn't God. This is Steve's emotions and I don't want to move. But I just was serene on the outside, very calm. But inside, I was praying God. Because I knew no matter what I said, he wasn't going to hear it. Do you understand? He was not going to hear what I said because I, you know, he says, don't you dare try and talk me out of it. That's just, it's going to be rationalism to him. And as we're having this discussion, I mean, I was very calm, the phone rang, the mobile rang. And he went and he looked at his mobile and he saw the name on it. It was a friend of ours from Sydney. And it was one of those moments where I could tell he was choosing, do I answer the phone right now because he's in an emotional state? He's not happy camper. Do I answer the phone or not? And he chose to answer the phone. And Leo's on the phone. He says, "Hi, Steve. How you doing?" And you know, as you do, truthful Christian. Yeah, great. How are you, mate? You know, as we totally honest with you know how we're doing. Not. And uh, and Leo says to Steve, says Steve, I know this might sound a bit strange, mate. Um, look, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I've been, I've just had you on my heart, and I've been praying, and I felt God say to ring you up and say, don't quit. Truth? 100% truth. Now, I can't hear what Leo's not saying on the phone. I can hear only, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, things are great. Church is wonderful. You know, as you do, you rave on. I didn't hear the... But I could see when he got off the phone, something had happened. If Leo hadn't have obeyed, there might have been a marital dispute after that time. I might have had to actually stand up and go, I'm not moving to Mount blah, blah, blah. But I thank God that Leo, on a prompt, on a thought, on an idea... On an impression, he took the risk. He obeyed. He rang up at that moment, at that precise moment. I I cannot tell I do not lie. It was as the conversation ended and I said, yeah, look, if that's what you want to do, okay. The phone rang. Obedience. We don't know how powerful that is. We don't know. A scripture in Jeremiah chapter 23 that says this, Let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream. But let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock to pieces? We actually don't know the power of the words that God gives us to share. We're not in their world. We don't know what they're thinking. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're feeling. Let's not try and rationalize too much. I think sometimes we just need to obey. We actually just need to respond because God knows. And his word, that word, just broke. Broke Steve out of the emotional turmoil that he was in and made him wake up and go, What am I doing? What a fool. God's saying not to quit. God's called me to this place. You know what I mean? We don't know the power of those things. So, you know, in moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you've got to seek them out. You've got to listen for them. And you've got to obey. Guys... You've got to go through that battle of, is this my imagination? Am I just making it up? When I asked you at the beginning there to encourage one another, that is actually what prophecy is about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, it says, But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And if you think you can't move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, you're wrong. Because even though some of you may have been stubborn and said that it was difficult, you can actually encourage. And it, yes, Stuart. <laughs> and it is possible to encourage. It is possible to actually, you know, there are certain things that for some of us come really easy. And we think it's just normal everybody can do that everybody's able to do that uh, we have one member of our family who is uh, very uh, logical uh, who's able to um, sort things out and, and uh, tidy them up and put them in boxes and, and do all and it's not you so stop lying okay and no it's definitely not you either um, okay and let me say that that child gets that gifting from their mother let's just put that out there and there are other members of the family that have been very honest and admitted their faults and failings who, who really can't do that at all. They are hopeless at putting things in boxes and, and you, know, you know, neatening things up, even on a computer. You know, they, they, they can't put things in folders. You know, it's just impossible. It just doesn't come natural. Now, for, for, the, for one person in our family, they just don't get it that it's actually a gift because they think everybody should be able to do that. Yeah, they think it isn't, you know, it's just so normal, it's just so natural, they don't have to try, it just happens. But the reality is, it's not normal for everyone to be able to, who's here a tidy freak and can put everything tidy, neatly in boxes? Good on you, Lauren, yes, Louise, I'm with you there. Who here struggles? Who here's got, you know, things, their their inbox is a mess? Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's not natural. It's not normal for everybody. And that's what we've got to understand. There are certain things, you know, in the Holy Spirit that are really natural and normal for us and there are certain things that aren't and that's actually okay. Just go with the flow, with who you are, what's natural and what's normal for you. Um, yeah, no, I won't go there. My rule of thumb is if I have something that I want to share with someone and it would encourage me to hear that, I realize that the majority of the population struggle with the same things that I do. The majority of people struggle with fear or insecurity or rejection or grief or, sh- you know, whatever. You know, the majority of us have all faced very similar battles, maybe on varying degrees. And if I get a, if I sense something for someone and I think, you know, if I received that word, would that make me feel better? Would that encourage me? Then I think, well, I think that'll encourage them as well. I know it's very practical and it's very simple, but that's my rule. That's how, how I work. The other thing that I just want to encourage you with is when you're giving a word, and that's, um, or when you... I suppose a, a, an example that Steve and I came up with is, um, you know, you're praying for someone, you're thinking about somebody, you know, whatever, and you might get the word stingy, okay? Um, now... Really, an encouraging thing to do to someone is to walk up and say, oh, I've been praying for you and I feel like you're really stingy. No, that's, you know, like that is, it's very easy for us to, does that make sense? You know, that would be what I think perhaps I would have done in the, in the early days of, so, you know, I'm sure I probably did offend people. And what someone said to me one day that just was so profound and I just thought, that's fantastic. It's so easy to see the negative, but we actually need to turn it around and really go, you know, I've been thinking about you, I was praying for you the other day, and I feel like God wants to bring you into a season of generosity. God wants to show you his generous nature and his generous heart. I don't know if generosity is something you've struggled with, but I'm really feeling that God wants you to be stretched into this area of generosity. You haven't put them down, you haven't criticized them, you haven't been a fault finder. But you've encouraged them to move and grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ into another area. Does that make sense as a practical tool? As you, you know, as you hear something, if you pick something up, make sure that you actually, you know, make sure it's encouraging. Make sure that you're actually sharing something of life. You know, God is, God, you know, for as much as I have been, you know, and we've all been, you know, wrong or negative or critical or, un- God's never come. He's pointed out my failings, but it's always been in a redemptive way. It's always been in a way that motivates me for more, never in a way that makes me feel like I don't ever want to get up again. That's not been the God that I've ever known and served. Okay? And I think as we hear God speak and as we want to move in these gifts of the Holy Spirit, we want to be a people who encourage and a people of grace and of love that that is, you know, what Michael shared, John 3:16. Fantastic story, Michael. It's all about love. The whole, the whole purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is about love. So guys, I want to encourage you to seek and to listen and to obey and step out in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Don't get caught up in what is it. Just listen and respond. Just like you are able to turn to your neighbour and say something encouraging, open up your ears, open up your eyes, open up your imagination In some ways, you know, God will use that as well. And, uh, you know, he wants you, the book of Acts, you'll be filled with power to be my witnesses, to be able to go and make disciples. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. Shall we stand? It'll be great. You know, for some of you, this may be a real... um, a real stretch. Uh, you might um, go, you know, I don't feel like I've even got off first base yet. I don't even know if I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, can I encourage you to say that we would like to take you on that journey? And if... You know, you're standing there and you're thinking, I'm not really sure, even if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, let alone move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then we would love to pray for you. It is a gift that God gives to everyone who asks. And so please, after the service, feel free to come and and see me or anyone that you know that you're comfortable with talking to, that we might be able to pray with you and for you to start the journey. But I'd just like to pray for you today. I'd like to just pray a blessing over your life, that you might be able to begin to see more of the power of God. And maybe that's something, you know, maybe you want to go, yeah, I'd actually, I'd like to seek this more. I, I, I want to desire the spiritual gifts, the power of God to move. I want to be someone that makes that phone call that can change the direction of somebody's life. I want to be someone that can encourage someone who's feeling down to help them get back up again. If you want to begin to seek, perhaps you've never really thought about it before, feel free to raise your hand or just do something to acknowledge to God, that's what I want to do. Let's not be afraid to seek. Let's not be afraid to ask. Father, we just want to come boldly before your throne today. And God, we enter in by grace. Jesus, we come. We have the privilege of entering in because of your love. Because you laid down your life and you made a way for us. And God, I would pray for every person in this room that they will have a revelation of your love, of how deep and of how wide and of how high is your love for them. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and you would meet every one of them where they're at. Whether they're at the beginning of the journey, in your spiritual gifts, whether they've given up on the journey, God, whether they're in confusion or fear, God, or whether they've been around a long time and maybe have just gotten a bit bored with it all. God, I pray you would meet them in their journey where they are. Holy Spirit, you would come and you would fill them afresh. Lord, that you would speak to them, that you would speak through them, that you would use them to be your witnesses to the ends of the earth, I pray. Amen. And amen. Wonderful, Ronnie. You're going to do our benediction. Thanks. Uh, the, the benediction is is basically a, a blessing, and I just ask each of you to just open yourselves up to receive the blessing. All, all the things that Louise uh, talked about and about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we also need to be able to receive them. So, um, may the grace of Christ our Savior. The Father's boundless love and the Holy Spirit's favour rest upon us from above. May we abide in the close union with each other and the Lord and possess in sweet communion joys which earth cannot afford. Amen.